know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. Censored and then, yes, it's new music Fridays. The world is mine. The world is mine. Everything is mine. Even my woman. <laughs> is that all this is about? A fucking skeezer? You think I give a fuck about? Her? <laughs> yeah, I'm starting out on some shit. It's new music Fridays, baby. Some interesting things yesterday. Yesterday, um, I forgot my nigga K Camp dropped a new project, man. Vibe forever, and we gonna go down the line here, like we always do about this time. All right, let's look at the track list. Let me see what the drill on the kill was. All right, man. So I'm a fan of K Camps, man. You know, I, I, I um, I like the nigga music and shit. So I decided to check this nigga a new project on and shit. I didn't know he was still signed to Interscope either. Which is cool. Alright. Opening track. Woozy. Yo, this is a banger. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I just like the vibe of the track. Since it's a vibe forever, right? Yeah, Woozy, you know, KKM talking some shit on here. 3 a.m. in Miami. This is a good filler. Holy spirit, though. Holy shit. Is all I can really say. This is cold-blooded. This is a banger banger. If these walls can talk. I heard Jazzy Faye in the background and shit. This is like KKM's, one of KKM's, like, Qualities, which is like trap and beat. You know, this is a very trap and beat sound. You feel me? Um, luxury garments. Yeah, more, uh, more, more, uh, flexing, more talking shit. Below the budget. I felt like that song was way entirely too short. Like that should have been a little bit longer, at least the second verse. Like that shit had hit potential. Now to the moon. Uh, it wasn't necessarily much going on here. It was like he had like a verse and then the whole middle of the track is all instrumental and then he go back and I think he did the same thing again. I think it was a waste of a song. He should have just made this an interlude. Bullseye, I wasn't too big of a fan of this song. I mean, it's another short ass song. I really don't like that, man. I really don't like songs that are like short as fuck. Unless it's like really, really cold. 
Milwaukee. I don't know why he called this Milwaukee. This got an island feel to it, you know. Everybody trying to do their best rendition of a. You know, everybody can't do what Wizkid and Tim's did, baby boy. But the song is okay. Don't you change with Neo. Um. I don't know why. I mean, K-Cam only appeared on the last 20 seconds. This should have been like an interlude or something. Because this song has Neo like all over the song. like a, a neo solo without risk I get the uh I get the uh uh premise it's a street record yeah doughboy I think doughboy's on this song but yeah it's a street record lead from the heart again man I think it's just two minutes that's not enough Overall, Vibe Forever was a really fun album to listen to. Definitely something that, that you play in the ride. Definitely gets play in my ride for sure. Gotta give it to him. And before we get on to the next album review, um, Ari dropped a new single called Hoodie. And Isaiah Rashad's in the video. I'm like, that'll make Isaiah Rashad straight again. <laughs> make Isaiah straight again. <laughs> oh, it's just jokes. Just jokes, man. But anyway, the Los Angeles Fakers are thinking about giving up two first-round picks to try to get Kyrie Irving. Is it, right, is it damned if you do or is it damned if you don't? I'm like, you know, Rob Palinka just recently came out and said that we're going to do everything possible to make LeBron James happy until he retires. So basically, he's giving LeBron control. He just basically said, fuck our future. We'll deal with that shit later. All right, so you're not going to have a first round pick till 2029. What year is this again, y'all? <laughs> I don't think they can ill afford to give up many first round picks. This nigga Rob Palinka is becoming the new Ted Stepien. If you don't know about Ted Stepien, I suggest you look it up. There's a documentary about how Ted Stepien ruined the Cleveland Cavaliers so bad that a rule had to be enforced for certain teams to not move so many first round picks. It's really that bad. And Rob Palenka is headed down that road. And the poor Lakers fans, you know what I'm saying? I stopped being a fan of them a long time ago. But the poor Lakers fans, you know, are going to have to suffer. And won't, and, and they'll struggle and won't get any compensation for struggling. They'll have to live off of free agency. Because they're not going to have no picks. They don't have somebody smart like a Troy Weaver there to rebuild a team from scratch. They're just going to be stuck and assed out. Draymond Green says that one of his biggest dreams is to play for the Detroit Pistons. Because obviously, you know, he grew up in Michigan watching us. I mean, honestly, I'd welcome podcast here team needs like a veteran presence and he could be that guy when I talk shit about Draymond you know what I'm saying I just be joking most of the time but I be dead ass serious on some occasions though but I think I mean I'd be accepting to him he, he not gonna make that much of a difference but the Pistons need some type of a a veteran presence. I mean, you got a four-time champ coming in. No matter what his contributions may be, no matter how minimal or 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 or, or, or big the, the accomplishments and the contributions were, I mean, it's still a welcome presence to a young up-and-coming squad. Now let's get back to it. 
let's get back to it, y'all. All right, all right, all right. Now, one of the main events. The game. Dropping his 10th album, Drillmatic Heart vs. Mind. There's a lot of hype. You got Hit Boy executive producing on the project. Dame talking about, oh man, I got this Eminem disc. You know, I got the Black Slim Shady, blah, blah, blah. It's going to be the hardest disc record ever. I'm going to end Eminem's career, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. We'll see, nigga. We shall see, nigga. Is Drillmatic worth the hype? Did the game deliver us a cla- another, yet another classic album to add to the collection? Because game got at least four, in my opinion. In my opinion, I think game got four classic albums. Now, let's get into it. I know y'all been waiting. Yeah, all three of y'all who fucking actually listen to this bullshit. (laughs) All right. The opening track, One Time, featuring Ice-T. I like it. It's a good start. Ice-T repeats his verse from uh, Colors. That's interesting. And then, you know, it's got Tupac, One Time. One time, nigga. Yeah, that's that thug life. Y'all know nothing about that. That's off that thug life shit. But one time was dope. I like it. And y'all know, easy with Game and Yay. That is a banger. That's definitely one of my favorite songs on here, off the rip. Easy. He was once around. I like how they flip that. Even though he wasn't the first nigga to flip it, but I love how they flip that sample. Yeah, it's a 30 track album, man. 30 motherfucking tracks. My goodness. Actually, yeah. Burning checks featuring Fivio Foreign. Um, now, if y'all been listening to me for as long as y'all have, at least for maybe about a month, y'all know that I do not like New York drill. I don't like it. I don't like it. I hate the sound. I hate the same fucking beat. It's the same beat. I hate that bullshit. I don't necessarily hate the rappers per se. I just hate the beats. But this is actually a pretty decent song. I'm not upset about this one, actually. Burning Checks is actually dope. Game killed that shit. Voodoo featuring B-O-A-Q-G. I know that's not how you pronounce that brother's name. But I think it's a good album filler. You know, it sounds like the beats sound like they beating on the wall. You know what I'm saying? It sounds like, you know, sounds like old school shit. When you used to beat on a table during class or whatever. That's fire. Home invasion. Woo-wee! Game, woo-wee! That was hot. That was hot fire. I thought Game was going into a great direction as he started this project off because Game was trying different flows on here, showing his versatility. And and he shows why, you know, I view him like as one of the greats because he was just switching his flow up, switching his flow up, switching his flow up. I loved every moment of Home Invasion. Op featuring NBA Youngboy, DJ Paul. That's dope that game gave DMX credit. 
But op game part game verse was dope, and I liked the. Uh, but NBA Young Boy, I did not like his verse. His verse was ass. He was off beat first of all, so I couldn't really catch any, if he was even rhyming. And I did, just didn't, I wasn't feeling it. But Op is still a good song, though. I'd still play it. Because I like the energy of Op. I mean, you got DJ Paul doing, like, a real Chicago drill beat. Now, that's real drill right there. That's not that fake-ass New York drill shit. That's that Chicago drill shit right there. And it's kind of ironic that NBA, never mind. Never mind. I'm not even gonna use, I'm not even gonna bring that up. Outside featuring YG, that shit was mid. Uh, definitely an album filler for sure. Definitely a filler. La La Land, I'm surprised DJ Paul did this beat. That's different for him. Because it sounds like mid 90s West Coast. Because it's got the uh, Ice Cube Friday song sample on there. Even though I felt like Game was going a little bit basic on this song, it's an album filler. I mean, I, I, if the song didn't include this song, I wouldn't miss it. I wouldn't miss Outside either. So this is where things are not, ter not going well after the first six songs I like out the gate. This is the, the flaw with having a 30-track project. It leaves room for fillers and bullshit that, that people don't really need. And it makes room for stuff to be ass. Now, I'm not saying Outside and La La Land are ass, but I felt like these two songs shouldn't really be on this album, in my opinion. Change the game. Oh, boy. I don't know what Hit Boy and Game were thinking. I know Jay-Z cleared seven samples for him for this project. Enough respect due to, to Jigga. Because Jay is responsible for this album. But Change the Game, this is ass. This version of Change the Game is trash. Hot doo-doo garbage. Hit Boy Production couldn't save this. And then it's just no chemistry on the song. Like, I think Change the Game should have features on it. I mean, Game had like 100 features anyway. They could have done a better job of interpolating the original by having like other guys on it. You know, because the original Change the Game showed the chemistry of Bleak and Seagull and Hove and Static Major. Then the remix had the Dog Pound on it, which was a classic. And just the fact that these guys tried to redo it and it was just horrible. Yeah, it's definitely one of the worst songs on here. How Far I Came with Roddy Rich. Now that's much better. I like How Far I Came. I definitely enjoyed it. Heart versus mind. This is a different look for Mustard, production-wise. He's showing some versatility, or he got a lot better as a producer over the years. Because Mustard ran with a, with a sound for a few years and then he completely switched it up three, four, five times. Mustard is a, a better producer than he used to be. But Heart versus Mine, that's different. I like, I like that record. I'm not mad at it at all. No smoke at the polo lounge, oh lord. Jeremiah singing again. Better get them filters and auto-tune out. Because I, I wouldn't want to hear those vocals uh, a cappella without them. We, that bad we can be. And you can ride it. See, I can do that. 
smoke at the polo lounge is dope, man. That shit was fire. I definitely like this song. No Man Falls. This is one of the best moments of the album to me. Two Chains killed this. Pusha T did too. I mean, all three of these guys definitely did their thing on here, but Two Chains verse was the best verse. Even though Pusha T definitely killed it in the beginning. But Two Chains verse was different, bro. It's definitely, it may be a top 10 to 15 verse this year. That shit was fire. No Man Falls, definitely one of the top, a top five song on here. Out of the 30. <laughs> Chrome Slugs and Harmony, I did not like this song. I like the beat. I like the sample. But G Herbo and Lil Wayne versus was trash. Everybody talking about how cold G Herbo verse was. I don't see it, bro. I don't see it. They versus was ass. Lil Wayne dropped his worst verse this year. Lil Wayne been killing it. And this nigga, for him to go so mid on here, I thought, I ain't gonna lie, I thought Wayne was gonna kill this shit. But he let he let me down like he always does. Chrome Slugs and Harmony. I like Game Verse though. Game Verse was fire though. Start from scratch too. Oh man. Like um the first part of the song, I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. Wait, wrong song, wrong song. My bad. My bad. I did not like the use of getaway on this song. I didn't like start from scratch too. Because the first start from scratch, the original, I feel that shit every time I listen to it. Like when I'm not in a very good mood and I listen to start from scratch, like I feel like that nigga game was talking to me on that first start from scratch. And then Marsha Ambrosius just bodied it. Scott Storch and Dre just the dynamic duo like I would have never did a start from scratch too unless I channeled the same emotions from the original because Dre made game get drunk to do that record so I could tell game was sober making this song it was it just wasn't the same i was just completely disappointed in in this song now what we not gonna do very good song i like what we not gonna do every man has felt like this that's all i'm gonna tell you fortunate now this is my favorite shit on here i ain't gonna hold you this one of my favorite. This is probably my favorite song on this album. Man, Timbaland killed that beat. Now listen, man. Anytime Timbaland used that Indian and Arab shit on his records, it's a wrap. That shit gonna be hard. Timberland, dog. He is a legend, bro. 
for this beat. And then Dreezy just bodies it. Kanye. And then Chiller. Like, all everybody bought their A-game to this track. Definitely my favorite track on here. Ruby's Rose featuring Jeremiah and Twister. Um, so basically, yo, I like Twister part. The second half of the song, not bad. Um, it samples Missy Elliott Get Away. It's kind of solid. Not mad at that. Um, Drake with the Braids was an interlude where Drake is telling Game he can't do a song for his album or whatever because he's too busy. Kind of corny. Nikki Beach. Although I like the vibe of the song, I don't think this song fits Game. I think this was better suited for an all Tory Lane song to me. Song's not bad. I just don't think that game fit on here. And French Montana going to try to attach itself to anything. Talk to me nice featuring Blast, Meat Mill, and Moneybag Yo. It's another great moment of this album where they basically sample uh, Tila Show Nuff. I like the song. Um. The verses, though, they're all... All the verses on here are kind of mid to me. I mean, Meek Mill does set it off well. He arguably might have had the best verse on here. But Moneybag Yo did okay. Game did okay. Wasn't too big on the verses, but I like the hook and the uh, sample. Money Cash Clothes. Featuring ASAP Rocky. Part one of Money Cash Clothes is solid. But then the actual song with that sample, Money Cash Holes with Mike Zombie, dope. I like gaming ASAP Rocky's chemistry on here. Not bad. It wasn't another change the game situation. This was a way better song, way better idea. Killers featuring Cameron. Didn't like this song at all. Like, I mean, I'm not surprised that Cameron hopped on a drill track. I mean, he is from New York, so I'm not surprised. But this is the song I did not like at all. Definitely skippable for me. And I usually love every Cameron feature, but this is by far the worst. Hands down. One of the worst songs on here. The Black Slim Shady. Well, uh, this is this is where we wanted to get to. This is what we wanted to talk about. So the game dissed Eminem. He had said that he wanted to battle Eminem because he felt like 50 wasn't good enough to battle him. Even though 50 hung with you back in the day, you just won. That's the only difference. You just barely won on a half-court heat by the way. Even though I'm not going to lie, Lloyd Banks kind of got you on uh, Showtime, the game's over. But I like the creativity of the Black Slim Shady, though. I like how he set up Matthew, but if he was such a good Eminem studier, on Bad Guy, Matthew Mitchell does die at the end of a uh, bad guy. So game, you know, kind of messed up on the research side of the game. But it's okay. I still like the fact that you um you uh put Matthew Mitchell as a character in the uh storyline. I think that was dope. The verses and all that, listen, 10 minutes is too long. Like back in the day we had the um you know how can I put this we had the uh, patience for uh, 300 bars and 460 bars and all of all the bars that that you could spit right we had the patience we had the uh, damn I can't think of the word I'm looking for damn it I hate when I can't think of what words to say on certain things But I'm going to just go with patience right now. 
the disses the disses were basic. Everybody has used these. You know what I'm saying? These are recycled disses against Eminem. We all know Eminem mama and all this other shit. We already know he white. I mean, if he would have watched Eight Mile, nigga, you already know what time it was. But I feel like the disses, though, I don't think this is a very good diss song. I don't think this is a top 200 diss song. But the song is good, though. Don't get it twisted or fucked up. I don't hate the song. But I'm just not going to listen to it because it's 10 minutes long. Not because it's trash. And not because it's a diss towards Eminem. Which begs the question, should Eminem respond because Eminem is the type of person that'll respond to everything. I'd be surprised if Eminem didn't respond. Or does Eminem be smart and say, this this isn't necessarily worthy for me to respond to because it was mid. This doesn't end Eminem's career. And plus, what is there to end on Eminem? Eminem is past his prime. And even a past his prime Eminem melted and ended MGK's rap career. This nigga is doing like rock music now. But I just feel like it's not a good diss record. And it seems like he's paying tribute to Eminem more than, he, than dissing him. It sounds like he's complimenting him more than he's actually dissing. And that's where MGK went wrong on Rap Devil. You're not supposed to give your opponent shit when you like in a rap battle. You gotta make that motherfucker feel like he a piece of shit and he garbage. But again, if Eminem responds, do you think it's going to be light or it's going to be heavy? Everybody's saying, oh, game career over. I'm like, well, we passed that. When 50 Cent and Eminem ended Ja Rule career, Ja Rule was in his prime. And so was Eminem. I mean, I don't think a career will be ended in this battle. It'll just be like, okay, he just won or he just lost. And a lot of people believe that he did this to sell records. You know, for clout chasing purposes. You know, more than likely, game probably only gonna sell like 60,000, 70,000 at the most. I'll give him that much. Which would be good for him. But I don't think Game and Eminem are at that stage of careers where, oh man, he just ended his career. What you ended? Em been in the game since what, 96, 97? And it's 2022 now? like 25 26 years neither guy is in their prime so that's why it's not necessarily exciting especially when game isn't going in he didn't necessarily go in like that. He, it was more like a love letter than a goddamn diss record, if you ask me. But even with saying that, I still think it's a very good good track. It's a good song. Stupid with Big Sean. 
Ah, oh, man, this is up there. Stupid is tough. This one of the best beats. Hit Boy that did all year. Like, that nigga went stupid on this beat. Big Sean killed this, too. Like, Game and Big Sean bodied this song. This is a really great song. Definitely one of the three best songs on this album. 38 Special with Blueface. Thank God Blueface only got like eight bars. Oh, Lord. I ain't want to hear that shit for, for two and a half minutes. Kind of a light-ass beat for Timbaland. It sounds like Timbaland like did this beat in 30 seconds. Game paid for some cheap shit. The 38 Special Good Filler Track. Twisted. I can't complain about this. This is a really good song. Can't really complain about this one. At all. I like it. It's kind of dark though. Save the best for last. This is, again, this is up there with, with dope-ass songs. Like Game and Ross definitely killed this. I like this beat and this song. Good old OG Parker. A father's prayer. You see, game, I got I caught you, bro. Jello beats, holla at me. Despite this being a very great song, you know, this is game's version of Nas Daughters, basically. Where he's teaching his daughter about these niggas and shit. And basically everyone else with daughters. But here's the thing though, game, we caught you slipping, brother. So on the Black Slim Shady, you you shoot a line at Haley, but you know, but you say a positive line about Eminem and Haley on a father's prayer. It's a contradiction. And this shows that you clearly, with the level of the diss record of Black Slim Shady, you clearly wasn't trying to diss this nigga. Because you complimenting Eminem and Haley on a father's prayer. Like I'm protective over my daughter like Eminem, Haley. You know what I'm saying? And then when you thought Razzcast was talking about your son, you knocked that nigga out. But you're going to mention another man's daughter. And not expect any consequences. Okay, game. See, game don't like when the shoe is on the other foot. But back to a father's prayer. I love the song. It's incredible. Universal Love, the final track on here. I mean, I love the vibe of the song. It's a good little 90s vibe. It samples Got Till It's Gone. But it features Chris Brown, Cassie, and Chloe. It's dope. But I got to knock game a little bit. This nigga, you know, he's trying to like, I guess, get gay fans with this song or something. But this line right here, I, I, I wasn't fucking with the line. This nigga said, if happy is gay, then I'm Isaiah Rashad. Pause. Pause. <laughs> because we know that... Somebody tried to sabotage Isaiah Rashad's career by putting a video out of him doing you know what. I don't know about that line, JCon. You gotta chill, pause. You should have put pause at the end of that. I don't know if y'all do pause in Cali, but I wasn't fucking with that line. But other than that though, Universal Love is a good track. All in all, this album is a good album. I enjoy a majority, maybe about 80% of this album, I like. But this album could have done with a whole lot without a whole lot of songs. Like, this could have been fine without Outside, La La Land, Change the Game, um, Chrome Slugs and Harmony, Scarf from Scratch 2. Um, Nikki Beach, Killers, 
38 special. I mean, that could have been left off as well. But other than that, if he would have cut this 31 down to 17, he could have really had a classic album. This album had a lot of potential. But Drillmatic Heart Versus Mind is a very decent project. Definitely worthy of checking out. I'm definitely gonna listen to this. Definitely getting play in the ride. Now let's move on to Black Thought and Danger Mouse cheat codes. I'm really about to rip into Black Thought. Let me pull up the track list. Because Danger Mouse and Black Thought, I'm going to tell you this, they don't go well together. Like, Danger Mouse's beats his ass. Danger Mouse ain't really been that good since he did that album with CeeLo back in the day. That got them a Grammy, I think. The one with Crazy on it, when they were Narls Barkley. But this album was severely, terribly disappointing. Sometimes, mm, didn't like that song. And that's supposed to be the intro. Cheat Codes was super mid, didn't like it at all. The Darkest Part featuring Kid Sister and Raekwon, not even Raekwon can save this song from being a snooze fest. I expected a little bit more out of Black Thought and Raekwon. No Gold Teeth, that was okay. That was better. That was probably the best song out of the first four songs. Because featuring Dylan Cartridge, Cartilage, Joey Badass and Russ, Joey and Russ went hard on here. Not gonna front. Black Thought was okay on here, just okay. Belize featuring MF Doom. No disrespect to the dead. I'm not smoking packs of dead ops when I say this. But I never seen the hype behind MF Doom as a rapper. I know he can spit. I know he nice. But that nigga music was never for me. I just never seen the hype behind it. And this track is boring as fuck. I don't like it one bit. Aquamarine featuring Michael Kiwanaka. This shit was okay. Just okay. Identical deaths. It was just okay. Strangers with ASAP Rocky and Run the Jewels. I think this is probably one of the better songs on the album. Definitely a top two song. As all four of these dudes, Killer Mike, LP, ASAP Rocky, Black Thought, they all did well on here. Close to Famous is decent. Saltwater with Conway the Machine is by far the best song on this album. And it's not even close. Definitely enjoyed this song. Violas and Lupitas. I love the uh, concept of Violas and Lupitas. I think that's a very decent song. But all in all, now, Danger Mouse's production was ass, but it's not Danger Mouse's fault. It's Black Thought's fault. Because first of all, nigga, you chose these whack-ass beats. But here's the thing. Black Thought can rap. There's no doubt. Black Thought's one of the greatest MCs of all time. And that's why I'm disappointed in this project. He came kind of mid. You know? We know you can rap, but what else can you offer? That's what this project says to me. It's like, okay, 
you know how to rap. It's simple, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But what else can you offer me on this album? The production wasn't bringing me into it. I was just like in and out of sleep. And I was driving and shit. I'm like, damn, Black Thought, Danger Mouse, your beats make me, you know, make me want to go to sleep. Want me to harm myself behind the wheel, brother? <laughs> it's like Thought chose these whack-ass beats. Like even Streams of Thought Volume 3 had better production than this. Like Black Thought, I, I really feel like he need to link with a better producer next time. He need to link with Mad Lib. You know, he need to link with Knife Wonder again. Need to link with Salam Remy again. Or, or shit, fuck with the roots again, shit. You need to get back into the goddamn roots. Something that could bring the best out of you. And then another thing that I noticed about Black Thought. Black Thought don't never do no hooks. Like the last hook he did was probably don't say nothing. And I understand a word he was saying on that motherfucker. Black Thought does not know how to compose like a song. He could do hot 16s though. And, and, and crazy 32 bar verses. But we've seen that before. I feel like Thought was very disappointing. It's probably the worst project I've ever heard from Black Thought. Because usually, dude don't miss. But this was an air ball. This is like shooting a half-court shot with 14 seconds left on the shot clock. Bad. Although it did have good moments on here, they were just few and far between, in my opinion. Let's move on to the last album of the day, Megan The Stallion, Traumazine. Now, I don't know why she called this album Traumazine. You know, there wasn't much of a backstory. You know, she just recently announced the project. Like, she said that she had some female rappers on the album and you know they were revealed but I like this project I'm not gonna lie what has been if you've been listening to me what has been the thing that I've always wanted Megan the Stallion to do is get more personal get more real and wrap your motherfucking ass off And I think that this is the uh, this is probably the most balanced group, you know, balanced uh, group of songs that she ever put together. When it comes down to like different types of songs and shit, you know, when an artist is a dope artist, when they can do different types of shit, and it doesn't fuck up. Their, their sound or the artistry, right? But anyway, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to this Megan. Now, NDA. NDA. Oh, man. She's still talking shit. Um, this shit is okay. I'm not too upset about this song. It's okay. Hit Kid produced it. He one of the hottest producers out. Understandable. Um, Ungrateful featuring Key Glock. I love this hook. This hook was fire. I've never heard Key Glock rap before. Up until then. And I'm not necessarily impressed. I know this was, was a young Dolph Man's. But I'm not necessarily too fond of dude like that. His verse was kind of ugh. But Megan, Megan verse was straight though. Not nice. This is probably my favorite song on this album. I'm like, yeah, that's it right there. That's what we need more of. This. 
Megan was not taking no prisoners on not nice. She was going hard. She was going in. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm like, I right, that's it right there. That's the one. Budget with Lotto. This is a pretty good album filler to me. Like Megan, it's good to hear Megan the Stallion and Lotto on the same song. Definitely, uh, despite how I feel about the song with uh, Megan and Lotto, I think it was pretty decent. I'm not mad at it at all. Need more collaborations like these, you feel me? Let's move on to her. Now, her... It's different for Megan. I mean, she did um, "Don't Rock Me to Sleep," and this is of the same, uh, the same build. It's kind of similar to what Beyonce did on her album, "The Drake." Honestly, never mind. And uh, someone who does this type of music, though, doesn't get that kind of credit. <laughs> Lake Kelly, forty-seven. <laughs> Uh, somebody who does that type of shit on the side of rapping and singing doesn't necessarily get their due for it. But I bet you if Megan does it, they're going to say everything about how versatile it is. I'm not hating. I'm just making a point. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it funky. So, I mean, her. I like the song, though. I don't hate it. I just hate the hook. The hook is just so annoying. I like the last, the hook on the last verse, where she switches it up. The third verse of this song, though, woof, Megan flamed it out on that third verse. Gift and a curse. Um, more shit talk, more trash talk. Again, third verse, or the, well, the last verse, I'ma say, on gift and a curse fire the track it's okay but miss nasty miss nasty is fucking fire miss nasty is fucking dope as soon as i heard the beat come on i was like oh shit I started bobbing my head. She put the song together right. The verses were dope. The hook is nice. Perfect song to me. Definitely the second best song that I heard so far, other than Not Nice. Not Nice is out of there. Who Me featuring Pooh Shiesty. Poop Shiesty made the cut. Poop Shiesty. Free to poop. This sound more like a, a, a freestyle session than an actual song to me. This song, I'm surprised this song didn't have a hook on it. I think the song would have sounded better with a hook. In my opinion. Red Wine. Definitely a different type of song for Meg, but I fuck with it. It's alright. Gary featuring Rico Nasty. Yo, Halloween's coming up. All y'all niggas that love Halloween and all that shit, love the fall. Perfect track for that. I want to see a video for Scary with Rico Nasty. I mean, these two collaborating is dope for females in hip-hop. I can respect that. But I want to see a video for Scary. Because I will download that and pay for it. Anxiety. Um, great song. This is where Megan Thee Stallion, you know, becomes vulnerable on record, which is something that I felt that Megan was missing in her career. Was tracks that are 
that have substance. And she makes it work on here. Flip flop. Yet another song, you know, I think she says, you know, even bad bitches have bad days. I hope I didn't get that shit mixed up. But Flip Flop is very catchy, very vulnerable, definitely has substance, consistency. I understand and get the uh, premise of the song. It's just that I don't like the song that much. Star featuring Lucky Day. Fire. Definitely a pop record. I think that's out of here. That's probably going to be her next hit record if they put it out as a single. Pressure Licious featuring Future. Hey, yo, I ain't going to lie. Future kind of washed Megan Thee Stallion on here. I'm going to keep it a bean. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. Pressure Licious. Future kind of washed man on here. Not going to lie. Even though I don't think too much of this song, it's not like, oh my God, it's cool. Plan B, of course, hit maker, sample, Jodeci, Ghostface, and Raekwon Freaking You Remix. That's basically what it is. Her rapping over Freaking You Remix. I like it. It's a different look. It gives, it's kind of Megan Thee Stallion's version of Nicki Minaj Barbie Dream. But she not talking about fucking niggas. I'm just saying, like, the vibe of it matches that one. You know, so, you know, trash talking over a 90s classic. Not bad. Southside Royalty Freestyle. I expected a little bit more out of this track. I'm not going to hold you. I mean, you got three Houston legends, like Big Pokey. Lil Kiki, Sauce Walker. You know, I expected it up to be a little bit more hyper than that. Seems like it's just a laid back freestyle session. Even though the track not ass, I'm just saying I had higher expectations of this song. Now, Sweetest Pie featuring Dua Lipa. I never heard this song. Like, never. This song is like charting on on all the charts. And it's the reason why I didn't listen to it. Was because I didn't like how Dua Lipa did the baby. I know he said some wild shit. But that lady didn't have to take the baby off of levitating like that. I ain't like how she did the baby on that record. That was both of their biggest records. And Levitating was a dope-ass record. And I don't like how she removed that man from that album, fucking up his money. I think that shit was bold. That's probably that's probably the reason why I didn't listen to Sweetest Pie when it came out. But this is my first time hearing it. And I see why it's a hit. It's very catchy. And I think it's pretty dope. I think Megan did well. I think Dua Lipa did well. I just hate Dua Lipa because she she a whole ass nigga for what she did to my nigga the baby. But sweetest pie is dope as fuck. Gotta give her hers for that. But all in all, Megan Thee Stallion is starting to learn how to put together an album. Like good news was ass. And but out of all her other projects, that was the only one that I didn't necessarily like. Megan continues to build up her legacy as not only one of the greatest female artists, but definitely one of the greatest artists. So she still has a long way to go before she reaches legend status. But this project is a good addition to the group of projects that she's released. And for her, putting out something for the hotties towards the end of the year and this project being decent the talks can begin for MVP especially if this sells well because remember MVP is a numbers game I mean good news is platinum now I don't know the status of something for the hotties 
despite me feeling like something for the hotties is better, I think that's just because Megan was just doing what she does best, rap her ass off. Meanwhile, this project had a good mix of substance, not many ratchet anthems, which is something that she needed to do to prove. I think this is the project to prove to people that she can rap and she has um, versatility. But I've gone longer than I expected on this show. I'm surprised at myself that I've gone an hour. But this is King Known Uncensored, New Music Fridays. And I'm out of here.